Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, a strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, as Superman in his guise of Clark Kent is exploring a dark cellar, he shouts a sudden frantic warning to Jimmy Olsen, whose companion is about to light a match. Stop him, Jim! Stop him! What'd you say, Mr. Kent? Don't let Willie light any... Quick, Scott, look out, Jim! You'll be killed! Gang, just 159 years ago today, George Washington became the first president of the United States. It was April 30th, 1789, when Washington took the oath of office in Federal Hall, New York City, where he swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States and to help his country achieve democracy for all its people. Washington guided the infant nation carefully with love and devotion because he wanted it to get a good start. Wisely, he always used the abilities and talents of all Americans to help make America better. He knew that men of all races and religions and nationalities were helping Washington build our nation. And he was forever grateful to them. For Washington knew that building America is not a one-man job, but a job for every man, woman, and child who wants to live in a country where all men have equal freedoms. So on this day, we pay tribute to our first president, the father of our country. And the best way we can do that is to join the George Washington Patrol, of which we have already told you. So here, once again, is the pledge all patrol members must take. Now, please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I believe in the code of the George Washington Patrol, which says that no man on earth is better than any other because of his race or the way he worships God. And as a member of the George Washington Patrol, I shall never treat a fellow American unfairly, no matter what his religion or where his ancestors came from. I do so solemnly promise. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane and Horatio Horn disappeared mysteriously in the little desert mining town of Moundville, Superman took up the search for them. And in the ancient hotel in Moundville... Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, discovered an ingenious trapdoor in a room above a small cellar into which his friends had obviously disappeared. Leaving Jimmy and Weary Willie, the hotel clerk, at the open trapdoor, Kent descended into the pitch-black cellar and began to dig. Curious as to what was going on, Weary Willie struck a match. And as Kent shouted a warning and hurled himself at Jimmy and the clerk, a terrific explosion occurred. <laughs> shot skyward, and a giant puff of flame engulfed the ancient hotel, as Kent, moving with Superman's incredible speed, seized the stunned Jimmy and Weary Willie in his arms, and shielding them with his own invulnerable body, leaped up through the smoke and flame and flying timber. Up, up, and away! 
yards from the flaming hotel, Kent dropped to earth with his two unconscious charges. Then, noticing the townsfolk and miners were racing toward the scene, he sprawled down beside Jimmy and Weary Willie and closed his eyes, pretending to be unconscious. Get back, folks! Get back and give them air! You, Sam, George, Lamb! Come on, help me carry these fellas into Doc Murtaugh's house! Come on, now, hurry up! You don't think he he's dead, do you? Of course not, Olson. Doc said Mr. Kent will be okay. He's just knocked out. Oh. Ah, hear him? He's coming too now. Oh, boy, oh. is that a relief. Jim. Come right here, Mr. Kent. Are you okay? Uh, I guess so. What happened? Oh, now you just take it easy there for a while, Mr. Kent. Don't try to talk. Huh? Oh, hello, Sheriff. Here, now, now, don't sit up yet. Oh, I'm all right. Tell me. What happened? There was an explosion, don't you remember? Explosion? And how? The whole hotel blew up. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's a miracle we weren't killed. Sure is. You know, you and I and Weary Willie were blown clear out of the place. That's so? Uh-huh. A miracle, that's what I call it. A dad-blasted miracle. Say that again, Sheriff. What baffles me is the cause of that there explosion. I can't figure out what... Oh, I remember now. There was gas in the cellar and Willie lit a match. That's right. I should have known it. That Willie never did have enough sense to come in out of the rain. By the way, is he all right? Sure, except for a couple of scratches. Boy, it's a lucky thing nobody else was in the hotel. Listen, Mr. Kent, uh, what's this Olson started to tell me about a trap door in the floor of the room over at the cellar? Yes, that's right, Sheriff. Huh? That's how Miss Lane and Horatio Horn and Jim, too, disappeared so mysteriously. Well, but, well how does it work? As nearly as I can figure it, somebody operated the trap door and dropped them down into the cellar. And then they were taken away somewhere. Well, I'll be dead blessed. Jim was knocked out, taken away by some men on horses. Fortunately, when his horse ran away with him, he was uh, safe. Boy, was that an experience. Miss Lane and Horatio Horn were probably taken away the same way, but... Well, wait a minute. Who took him away? Where to and why? Well, I think Frosty Ketchell, the owner of the hotel, is behind it, Sheriff. But as for where and why... Wait a minute. You say Frosty Ketchell did that? I said I think so. So do I. But, uh, but why would he do it? That I don't know. It must be tied up somehow with the big story that Horatio Horn and Miss Lane were working on. Story? What story is that? I don't know, Sheriff, but I think I have a clue. Hold on. Hold on, I just thought of something. Yes? What is it, Sheriff? Well, some years back, when they were first opening up the mines around here, a couple of prospectors who struck it rich dropped out of sight all of a sudden. Nobody ever did find out what happened to them, but a short time afterwards... Frosty Ketchell, who was clerk and porter over at the hotel, suddenly turned up with enough money to buy the place. Cheaper. Oh, and you think that yeah, he... maybe that's the story Mr. Horn and Miss Lane got onto, and so Frosty put them out of the way, too. Put well, them out of the way? Easy, Jim, easy. But, gee whiz, Mr. Kent, if what the sheriff says is true... Well, we'll, we'll know very soon, because I think I found a clue in Frosty's cellar that may help us find them. A clue? What clue, Mr. Kent? Uh, I'll show you. It's, uh... Great Scott. What's the matter? Well, what's them burned pieces of paper, Mr. Kent? These burned pieces of paper, Sheriff, with three newspaper pages on which were printed crossword puzzles, and the puzzles had been worked out. Huh? Crossword puzzles? Yes, I found them in Frosty Ketchell's cellar and had them in my hand when the explosion occurred. Look at them now. They're practically nothing but ashes. Now, forget it, Mr. Kent. Nothing lost. They couldn't mean nothing. And that's where you're wrong, Sheriff. Because crossword puzzles are tied up with this whole business. Say, that's right. Before she left Metropolis, Miss Lane said we could find out where she and Mr. Horn went by working out a certain crossword puzzle. Well, I'll be dawned. Right, Jim. That's how I found out you were in Moundville, by working out that puzzle. I have a hunch these other three puzzles would have given us a clue to what this mystery is all about and where Lois and Horatio Horn are. But now they're useless. Golly, I don't see how, Listen, I don't understand none of this. What? Wait a minute. 
The tops of these pages where I held them aren't entirely destroyed. I can't make out anything myself, but the crime detection lab at Metropolis Police Headquarters has a device which will be able to bring out the dates of these newspapers. And with that, I can get other... I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Kent, but I'm going to organize a posse pronto and hunt for Frosty Cat. Don't waste your time. I scoured the countryside and couldn't find him. You what? I don't think you will. I tell you, these newspaper fragments are our best chance. Look, if you just tell me what you're talking about... No time now, Sheriff. Jim will tell you all we know. Uh, You keep an eye on him, will you, till I get back? I'll see you later. I can change behind the house here. Now, out of these clothes, I can be in Metropolis in two shakes, says Superman. There we are. All set. Up! Up! And away! Leaping high into the bright, cloudless sky, Superman speaks away toward Metropolis, red cape streaming in the wind. What is his plan to find Lois Lane and Horatio Horn by means of the burned crossword puzzles? And meanwhile, what is happening to Lois and the roly-poly little planet correspondent? We'll be back in a moment to find out. So keep listening. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, someone once said. And believe me, gang, no truer words were ever spoken. Because when you can prevent something from happening, you are much happier than trying to cure it after it hits you. And that goes for colds, the commonest of all illnesses and one of the most unpleasant. As I told you before, this is the time of year when colds are most prevalent. Mostly because folks have a tendency to be careless. On account of the first glimmerings of spring, fool them into thinking summer is here. Now, if you want to avoid a nasty cold, don't let yourself be fooled. Also, remember these simple rules. Be careful of the clothes you wear. This is not yet the time for a switch to light summer clothes. Avoid getting overheated. When you permit yourself to become damp or wet with perspiration, you are laying yourself wide open to the cold germs. Keep out of drafts, for drafts are the cold germs' most powerful allies. Eat well, but sensibly, because an upset stomach at this time of the year makes you susceptible to colds. Get plenty of sleep and rest, for these are the greatest enemies of the cold bug. Above all else, do as Mother tells you to do, because she knows best. And if you should feel a little out of sorts or discover that you have the sniffles, tell Mother about it right away. Get into bed when she tells you to, because spending one day in bed may save you from spending a whole week in the house. Be smart. Be sensible. Concentrate your efforts on prevention. And a cure will then be unnecessary. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Wheeling high in effortless flight, a desert hawk watches a mounted horseman slip and slide down the side of a mountain, then disappear from sight. Several minutes later, the same horseman, having traveled a secret trail beneath a rocky shelf of the mountain, dismounts in a tiny glade surrounded by boulders, stunted trees, and giant cactus. He whistles three times, shrilly. And almost at once, heavy brush is thrown aside from the entrance to a deep cave, and Frosty Ketchel, a rifle in the crook of his arm, steps into view. Oh, you were been getting nervous waiting for you. Ain't a long way to ride, Frosty. You got those newspaper people here? I got two of them. Two? I thought you said there were three of them. There was. 
It's a kid, Jim Olson, got away. What? Why, you stupid fool, that'll spoil everything. Oh, just take it easy, early. Kid's dead. Oh, is, eh? Yep. The horse he was tied on ran away with him straight into the big canyon. Olson didn't have a chance. Well, that's okay, then. Where are the other two? Miss Lane and the other one, that Horatio Horn, his name is, are tied up in the cave. Good. Bring them out here. Out here? You heard me. That deal's just about set to go. So I want to find out just how much those two reporters know to see if we have to change our plans any. Yeah, I see. Then what? Then we'll get rid of them and go to work. Bring them out here, Frosty. We'll get it over with. Nodding agreement. Frosty Ketchell turns back into the cave where Lois Lane and Horatio Horn, tightly bound and gagged, are guarded by several rough-looking men. With Superman 2,000 miles away in Metropolis investigating a clue which he hopes will lead to his friends. Is this the end for Lois Lane and Horatio Horn? You'll find the answer in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, when several unexpected things occur. So don't miss it. Be sure to tune in same time, same station for Chapter 9 of The Crossword Puzzle Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom X and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. That ad in Part 7 kind of made a big leap to get from the story of Paul Bunyan to an anti-prejudice method. You really have to take a long route. I will say that I love the cliffhanger at the end of Part 7, as well as the explanation for it. Because at first, when you heard Superman or I should say Clark Kent, saying uh, not to light a match, you thought it was because he didn't want uh, Jimmy and the hotel clerk to see him uh, doing super deeds. But you quickly realize, no, he has another reason. And in part eight, you find out that that is a very good reason, because there's gas down there. So the moral of the story is that even if you think someone is a superhero, if they are downstairs in a place that might have gas in it, don't light the match. That is a very good safety education for the kids, I guess. One thing I will also say for this story is, even though we're in part eight, we still have got a lot of questions about this mystery. The mystery is still a mystery. I mean, we have got several parts of it uh, that have been answered, but there's still a lot to come out. And this is more uh, adventure mystery solving than uh, detective story adventure solving. And they're doing a good job managing that part of the story. All right, well, I do have something to mention, something that's Superman-related, but not really related to our podcast. And 
I will say that I am not a huge reader of modern-day Superman stuff, usually, because it does seem to get uh, messed up, and that's really been the case over the last few years. However, uh, I did actually pick up Superman Lois and Clark by Dan Jurgens, which actually sets the stage for the old, new Superman. Uh, too much complexity to go in here. But I absolutely loved it, and it's rare, really rare for me to uh, enjoy any modern-day Superman uh, thing quite that much. So if you uh, have any interest in modern Superman, I strongly recommend these Superman Lois and Clark books, and I'm eagerly looking forward to taking a look at the first trades of what DC has done with the new developments in, that, in uh, Superman its latest uh, shift. Alright, well that will actually do it for today though. Uh, if you do have a comment email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us and uh, be sure and rate the show on iTunes. Uh, and also pick up your copy of Speech Trap, available as a paperback or as an audiobook or an ebook. At audiobooks through audible.com from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>